Welcome and thanks for listening. My name is Christian Buckley and you're listening to the Collab Talk podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with Jeff Diverter, Chief Technology Officer over Products and Services at Rackspace, on the topic of technical literacy and how the maturity of collaboration is opening up new opportunities. Welcome to another episode of the Collab Talk podcast, where we discuss the convergence of technology, business productivity, and collaboration culture. My guest today is Jeff Diverter. Hello, Jeff. A Chief Technology Officer over Products and Services at San Antonio-based Rackspace. I've been down to the, I don't know, what, what do you call it? The, 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 the castle. You've the, been the to castle. the castle. The castle. How can you forget a name the like mall. the castle? I, it's been a while, I know. The mall. The mall. It's okay. We say castle because it really is a defunct old mall. Yeah, now is. we've done a ton to it, but it uh, is a defunct. Uh, see, see, I'm sure you know, but is it still 100 built out? I, uh, it is 100 built out, and it's also healthy. about 90 empty. <laughs> All right, so we'll we'll talk about that in a minute too. He's also an official member of the Forbes Technology Council. So welcome, Jeff. Hey, I am so glad to be here, Christian. It's been way too long. I know we've been. Uh, we we have to get in and talk about some things like uh, the fact that. Uh, the like the I think the last time I saw you like at a major Microsoft event or something and now they've of course been shut down and and uh, the news that Microsoft is doing a hybrid partner conference in July in Vegas news I had not heard you mean ten thousand people venture out yeah I'm gonna I'm I'll be I was out last week I went to an event down in Phoenix last week Amazing. yeah things are starting to open up we're focusing today is a great topic on the topic of so. Uh, I think a little bit of it is that technical literacy and how the maturity of the collaboration ecosystem uh, that we both have worked in for the last, I don't know, few years, it's opening up new opportunities, kind of where things are. Sure. And, uh, you know, I've had a similar conversation about this, about uh, uh, who's I just talking to, where I basically I made the claim that um for the majority of my, for my career that's kind of evolved into, and then in the last really 15, 16 years has been focused around collaboration technology, mm-hmm. yep. how I don't think I'm going to be leaving this space before I retire. Before you retire. Like I, I will end my career in this space. There is so much that's going on and mm-hmm. so much that's happening. Well, I don't get into even like what's happening in the metaverse. I'm a bit more... A little skeptical there, but, uh, yeah, I'm, but yeah. I'm inquisitive. We could talk about it like that. I, I understand what's going on. I just don't think it'll be as soon as people or, you know, the, the hawks are to that. Right. But uh, why don't you give us more of the background, like who you are and what you do. And- sure. I'd be happy to. Christian, it's great to be here. Thank you. It is an honor to be on the program. And, uh, you know, I have been working in and around the collaboration space as a career since 2004-ish, ish. Uh, okay, let's put it in SharePoint terms. It was, it was uh, 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 WSS uh, version two. It's uh, funny what we all do that, and especially in the SharePoint world. But we I know. And, you know, we were chit-chatting a little before we started. And, you know, you talk about how things have accelerated uh, with tooling. 
and there's acceleration everywhere, you know, in those early days. And I'll define that as the first decade or 15 years that we were in that space and, and helping people in SharePoint to collaborate better. And it was a dual pronged argument or, or challenge that we had, right? And part of it was, well, here's the tech and here's what you can do with the tech. Isn't that cool? Oh yeah, by the way, it's a solution walking around looking for a problem because the rest of the time was convincing hearts and minds to not send an email with a reply all button enabled. But it was, maybe there's a better way to collaborate and communicate. Yeah. SharePoint for us at the time was just that vehicle. Now it's all exploded. Yeah. You know, what's interesting too is part of that evolution. I mean, so much of uh, you know, in the SharePoint space was talked about it being that Swiss Army knife, like it could be whatever you oh, need yeah. to be. And now, I mean, even, you know, Jeff Teeper, so corporate vice president of owns SharePoint and Teams and OneDrive and Yammer. And he's just like, we 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 don't want people you thinking of it that way, like purpose built, use it for what it's, what it's made for, what it's built for. Yeah. Can I build a ticketing system out of SharePoint? <laughs> yes. Can, can and you. should. No, should. you yeah. should not. You should not. Yeah. But, um, but you know what it becomes, and I think Teams, it really exemplifies it. I'm glad you said it, is that that, that, you, that Teams becomes the unifying factor. I mean, how many apps does Teams connect to these days? It's a ridiculous number. I can't keep Well, track. it was always like so much of what we were, for those that aren't familiar with the SharePoint space and the history there, uh, you know, so that was started in, I went, how old is, was Tahoe 2000 or 99? Somewhere yeah, right around yeah, there. Yeah, right, right at the end of 99. Yeah. yeah, so last like 22, 23 years. But um, it's, so much of the conversation was around building a front end to SharePoint mm -hmm. to do a lot of what Teams is. And now it's kind of what it's become because the architecture of Teams is SharePoint and Exchange. So that's that's the engine. That's what it's built on. They didn't go reinvent the wheel. Yeah. They leveraged. They, they did it at a scale we could never have dreamed of. What a lot of us and and you know different you know, sister companies were trying to do at the time back in the tens and whatnot. But it's but also the the it, like remembering back. I even go back and look at some of my. I was just in SlideShare and I updated my mm. profile. You know, on SlideShare, realized I hadn't done it in a while. Uh, and looking back, I have something like. 208 210 decks that are in SlideShare. that's not even all of the sessions that i've given over the last yeah. decade of course but uh it, you know all out there how uh granular and more technical my earliest uh sessions were that focused in i was very big on taxonomy and metadata information architecture and driving that aspect of sharepoint that's coming from project portfolio management, knowledge management systems, where all of those rules still pertain. I came from the IBM world over into the Microsoft world and all the rules, all the best practices, you know, the things to avoid and building out a portal and a collaboration platform were consistent. But so much of those topics focused on, uh, you know, like uh, um, operational infrastructure wise, keeping servers up and running uh versus and now right, you go because you because you, you had your you had your infrastructure folks i mean it was todd and shane and 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 the, all the gang yeah and, and um oh, so many names suspense that mean everybody and then and then you had your uh your design folks and right. then you had your taxonomy folks and and you know that everybody sort of had their little their little corner because it was all wrapped up in that singular deployment of whatever sharepoint version was of the day or how we're going to upgrade it 
And you know, you talk about you will you will end your career in collaboration, and what an amazing way to do that too. Because we've we've reached this point of, you know, um, I'll tell you a story. Um, one of my one of the when any first of all life mantra anything worth doing is worth overdoing and one of those things is coffee i love coffee in fact to the point that i roast my own coffee well i broke my roaster i have to replace it but work with me and uh, and coffee has two distinct um uh, uh, organic reactions that when you roast it. So first it's called an endothermic reaction. You're just pouring heat into that vessel where the coffee beans are, trying to get them to warm up. Well, you finally get it to a point where that endothermic absorbing heat becomes exothermic, giving off its own heat. And I think we've reached that exothermic kind of point of collaboration where Identity's been solved. You know, we've got Azure AD in the cloud. Uh, we don't have to figure that piece out across all these apps. The infrastructure's been solved. Thank you, Microsoft, for, you know, Microsoft 365. And, and the, the API connection layer is in place, and the automation layer is in place, and we've reached this point, tag that onto from the social side, we're now at a tech literacy inside of all of these organizations where we don't have to go teach half the stuff we used to have to teach. People can understand and perceive there's a better way and there's a great tool set to make it happen in. Well, and, and I'll add on top of that, that list just to, to complement that is the strength of the community driven, the PNP, the, yeah. the patterns of practices and where you'll have people out in the ecosystem that will solve a problem that'll look at a, a novel approach to and something and share it. And everybody will refine it. it's that open source approach to that and sharing that that's been just a, a growing gangbusters. In fact, Vesa Javonen uh, is I'm interviewing him in a, in a couple of weeks um, for the series as well to talk about community building in the PNP community. Um, but so that is, you know, is going on. And then you also have a newer aspect of it, although there's been iterations within the SharePoint community, which is the power platform. So I think of like what we did with, uh, with web parts and sandbox solutions and kind yeah. of that path leading yeah. to now where you have a much more secure and scalable still work to be done around governance of the power platform activities and making sure you're you're being mindful of and thoughtful of how are we managing? What are the guardrails we put in place for people mm -hmm. to create power apps and power automate solutions and, and the other virtual agents? Well, and what's so great about that in, in, this, in this now experience, I mean, I made the, the comment before from a tooling that, that, act, that uh, identity has been taken care of when we think about all this happening in the context of, of, of uh, Microsoft 365 riding on top of Azure AD. Well, a lot of, that means a lot of other stuff has been solved. So we think about IT's role in enabling an entire organization to be more productive. Well, you know, that first of all has to happen from, you know, are we all in the same directory? But but then it gets into, you know, we made the joke before, just because you can do something, should you do something? Well, the, you know, IT has that, that responsibility to put those guardrails in place. When we think about the power that comes with the power platform and everything that can be done, you know, they have the ability now to put all of those guardrails in place, to make the right data sets available in the right security mind, to, um, to do the things to enable in the right context, with the right rules in place, with the right, I, I keep in my hands, for those of you not watching at home, I keep putting my hands up because my image is, is I'm going bowling with my young kids. When they used to be young, they've left me now. Um, and you put the guardrails up so that you could actually, they could actually get the ball down. Well, those are the guardrails that now IT, which goes, 
now, you know, in those early days, played this role of should I allow a SharePoint server on-prem to now this role of player coach, how do I how do I enable this this end using computing phenomenon that that we're we're now at this point of to enable rich collaboration to which we use that term because it's the one we're comfortable with but what it comes down to is how can we enable people to get their work done better faster cheaper two, more two thoughts on the bowling analogy just an observation that I've always played much better game when the guardrails are down when I have that risk of yeah. the gutter ball. Like I just, I, I, I find that the kids dominate me, you know, the little kids, <laughs> yeah. you know, doing their double handed below the legs. Yeah. The granny roll. roll. Yeah. Granny roll. Um, that, that side of it, which there's, I think reflecting on that, we could talk about, well, you know, like uh, of, about entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneur, entrepreneurship about, you know, uh, you know, the freedom, the freedom to get a gutter ball versus, you know, strike and, and now people perform better in that market. But anyway, but without getting all political and, you know, that, that side of things, yeah. you know, where one of the things about the maturity of this, uh, and it's interesting, I had a call. Um, I'm part of the uh, Microsoft for Startups uh, mentorship program. Excellent. And I also had a conversation with a, another ISV last week. I was at an event down in Phoenix that had similar questions that basically what they were asking me was what are the opportunities? Like, where should we be looking? I know it's, <laughs> it's uh, you know, well, one, I'd be like, well, that's kind of a secret sauce for every you know ISV where sure. we think that there are opportunities. Um, but the maturity of the market, um, so much is, is happening around this. That, that is a, it's a common question that I'm hearing from, you know, product and services companies mm -hmm. like well it was clear when the solutions were broken apart were separate there were huge gaps in between when you have more and more you know robust mature solutions that are out there that are filling a lot of those gaps there's a lot of the partner ecosystem they're like you know what do we do next where do we go from here right so a couple of thoughts on that so i think the first that comes to mind, Christian, is, you know, if we even if we just take a window of 10 years, so let's take this back to 12, 2012. And when we're out there peddling the tool that's going to change the world is SharePoint. You take it from a governance point of view to make it more efficient. And we got all their infrastructure people making it run better in one place better than another. Um, think about the users of SharePoint at that point. At that point, you had people who were coming up into business in the mid 90s and you know have uh, have an experience of working in large enterprise that um, didn't grow up in a google docs world that didn't grow up in an iphone world um, and now when we take our and look at this through the lens of 2022 and we look at the workforce that exists now this is the group that grew up with an iphone in their pocket this is the group that grew in, that grew up with um uh, in school with a google docs or, or a microsoft experience and they're used to using technology to solve the everyday problem if you if we could go back and look at those sessions from a sharepoint conference in seven or nine or whenever you know half of it was well how do, how do i make it and modify a task list to be more efficient 
Right. You know, it was, it was simple, basic stuff. Uh, you don't have to do that anymore because there's no expectation that a task list on a piece of paper would ever be better because we know and we can connect it together to other information that there's so much more value. And now layer on top of that, these, these layers of, we used to call them a portal, but let's just call it teams and where you can now uh, centralize that information, not through big IT, not through the, the, the big central IT team, you know, it doesn't take anything to bring that data together in a team's construct, whether it's in Salesforce, whether it's in Workday, whether it's you choose the data location. IT helps bring that together. And now you let the people who use that information, who's used to dragging and creating a, you know, drag and dropping these solutions together, they've got a tool set we only hope to dream about back in 2012 or even five or 10 years before that. And that's why I think we're at this point of acceleration in true opportunity to, um, uh, to, to, to help businesses do amazing things. And then tie in like what you just said, ISVs who can now plug into this scenario as well and find their own niche. Well, that, that's the thing is that it's, if, you're, if you look at the world like of where we are with technology today, through the lens of 10 years ago, you're like, wow, Microsoft is, other vendors, they've closed all the gaps. There are no opportunities here. What's well, it's like, uh, you know, when uh, there was all the discussion and the big push towards the cloud, there are all these IT pro types that were like, my job's going away. Your <laughs> job as defined today is going away or changing dramatically. But people with your knowledge and that experience, like the, the, the role just shifts. And to your point, I mean, so much, I mean, I, I, the last tech ed, it was actually the first Ignite, the one that was mm. in Chicago, yes. when they rebranded it from TechEd to Ignite. Yeah. Um, I did a session, and there were like 1,500 people in the room, but Microsoft asked me, I did research and pulled together a bunch of data around that move you know, to like mm -hmm. the future of the IT pro. And the deck is still out there. I think the recording is still out there in Microsoft uh, site somewhere. Um, but the you know the answer was look it changes and the reality is that that where you need to continually grow which we all should be doing for all of our roles especially working in tech we're constantly learning we're consuming information we're learning about new methods new approaches new vendors and and solutions that are out there but continually do that but it took on much more of a what i described as a business analyst function mm -hmm. it was that even technical people in technical roles, because we're consuming services versus providing a lot of those services. We're not maintaining the servers, but we are connecting to those servers and we need to understand, we need people that understand that. Yeah. But there's more of a need to understand what is the, what are the business outcomes? What are we trying to do? What do we need to do more of? How are the users using the system and is it optimized is it the most efficient is it the most effective um well it's 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 really a tie between that it's it's part partially it's that but the other side of the coin is it is it is those business users who know how business gets done in that organization right that is one of the most valuable um, bits of, of, of lore, of knowledge inside of an organization. And, and those folks who can figure out how to pull that together. I mean, you talk about how the IT pro has gone 
uh, by and large, by the way, the way, by the wayside. But you know, Betty, who would sit and type in um, invoices that would get, you know, get faxed in, get emailed into a common inbox, and she would try to she'd type them into a spreadsheet to track them and then make sure they get into financial system. Well, there's power, you know, if she goes off and learns there's some power apps on the right. power platform and writes a writes a, a simple app that does that for the organization, but does it all day long and, and all night long and scales infinitely. Um, Betty goes from being an hourly employee to one of the most valuable people in the organization. She knows how the flow of business happens in that organization, and she knows the tools to bring it together. That's, I mean, there are so many great stories about that. A Microsoft showcased, and I've actually talked with them, but a, a, a gentleman who was worked in baggage handling in Heathrow, That's you know, right. on, on scale and was able to go and automate something and create a solution. And now, you know, is a power platform person. I, I can't remember if this person now, became an M MVP or not, but- the plane, A plane does not take off at one of the busiest airports in the world without it being rug going through the power platform because right. of the work that he did, just because he was, uh, you know, he, he found a- He a knew the business, right, he's involved. He was yeah. just trying to, to uh, lessen at his own headache. There's the, hey, that's a good reason to go and how many of us built careers on the fact that we just didn't want to do the same thing the same way all day right. long. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And somebody said, how'd you do that? And somehow you end up on a stage telling the rest of the world how to do it. There's so much of SharePoint. That's the story. You know, SharePoint was, uh, you know, was something I know it was for a short while was the fastest growing product in Microsoft's history. It was. Um, it then got outpaced by the overall, the Office 365 platform, which it was the main- Which we could argue is the same thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, that. And then, uh, you know, um, uh, the um, Teams has outpaced that. And I don't think anything's caught up to Teams yet. I know Power Platform has been fast, but I think Teams is still ahead of it as far as rapid growth um, because it, provided that gap that we mm -hmm. had in the SharePoint space. It it, it provided, the, it filled the gap and it creates opportunity. That's what, right. get, what I get so excited about and why I say, you know, you make the comment as we started, uh, you'll probably retire in, in the collaboration space and what a great way to go out. Yeah, I mean, there, there are so many different opportunities, so many aspects of that. I mean, another aspect of that, and again, I know we're talking a lot about you know, Microsoft ecosystem, but I think that the the stories, the 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 principles of what we're discussing, you know, are across multi clouds. I mean, I, my company also works in the Google space. We work with Salesforce. We're starting to work with uh, you know other cloud providers and uh, you know out there and provide solutions for those things. But you know, you know, my my meat and potatoes is the Microsoft ecosystem and Microsoft 365. That side of it, what I'm familiar with. Um, but there's so much um, focus around and, and partially due to the pandemic, accelerating mm -hmm. so many of the digital transformations, organizations that oh, thought we'll never be able to be, you know, mostly in the cloud, much less all in the cloud as an organization, were suddenly forced to th rethink that. And I've heard from customer after customer to customer that said, because they started to move that direction with mm -hmm. some of these tools, like using Teams, it was much less painful for the majority. It's always the 80-20. 80%, 80 yeah. they were able to move cleanly over and quickly adopt and utilize and, and be like, hey, frame. we could do this. And then of <laughs> course, like anything, 20% of it is 
you know, the back end systems and the other things which were traditional HR activities and were yeah. just were more painful to convert over in that world without seeing people. Yeah. But that's yeah, to be expected. Right. When you talk about about what the 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 pandemic did was sending everybody home, you know, for all of our best efforts, the collaboration stuff was was still up until even a few years ago, in a lot of cases, a solution. You know, looking or a problem looking for a solution. I got it backwards at yeah. any rate. But also when 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 you literally can't walk around the corner and knock on somebody's desk to ask them a question. And your only solution is a teams is a slack is a fill it you know, whatever your 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 poison is. That stuff becomes not necessarily the convenient way to get it done, but the only way to get it done. And to Microsoft's credit, I mean, they are, you and I grew up in, in this space in a time when it was a very walled, and it wasn't even walled garden, it was a closed garden with a big fat padlock on it. And, um, uh, but, but the amount of integration that is happening in this space and the open door to, uh, to it is just, uh, it's impressive. Uh, what a transformation. And, uh, and it just creates opportunity for people to be able to work better together in ways they might not have dreamt of doing that in the past. And I mean, that was the dream we had in the early days, wasn't it? It's also a tremendous opportunity for those who would like to uh, gain access to your data in a lot not legitimate way and opportunity for vendors that want to close that gap with the people the, that want to gain access to your data and do um, not good things with it. Yeah, I think that, I mean, the security space, compliance and security around the collaboration space. I mean, that's that's an area that is, again, new problems opened up. I, mm -hmm. I, I love this description. I remember talking to a client and this was after uh, Microsoft bought Fast. Mm -hmm. And so they were expanding okay, the search, the search capability. So you remember that initially they did the fast acquisition, which was around 2007, 2008. Seven. Yeah, yeah I think it's seven. seven. Yeah, I think it's seven. Yeah. And um, so they, they bought that. And at first it was, you know, side by side. It wasn't really integrated. You had your fast deployment over here. And then you had your fast worked into SharePoint Correct. over here. But SharePoint 2010 that had the first integrations with it. And looking at search, talking with a client, I remember the interaction um, where they said, well, search is broken. So what are you talking about? And we started going through and looking at this. And essentially what was happening was people had access to data that they shouldn't have had. And what it did, because search worked better, uh, it was identifying weaknesses in their uh, procedures in locking down that car. Right. Security obscurity only goes so far until Correct. you have a crawler that can find everything. So that, I can that's tell you how many times. That's, yeah, that's... I, I, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I, I would get knocks on the door. This was my early days of SharePoint because I'd implemented the thing and started pointing it at, at you know, people say, hey, can you get this repository in here? Matter of fact, I can. Sure. And all of a sudden, you know, I got security calling me going, I think we got a denial of service against such and such. And I think you launched it. <laughs> well, it was on purpose. Yeah. But, but so that that is uh, that's kind of where we are we are we are more open and we're sharing more we our systems are more interconnected we have those integrations where cross multi-cloud is happening so it's hybrid it's multi-cloud remember we used to have conversations nobody ever talks about bring your own device anymore because mm -hmm. it's not it's not a separate thing it's just the way that it is sure and and so that that evolution that maturity of that which has opened up opportunities for, again, products and services to help 
make that more secure, to, to make sure that people understand what is good, healthy governance and security and compliance policies. What does that look like? Right. Yeah, I spend a lot of time in what I do uh, talking to people about how cybersecurity impact is impacting this, the the generation of where we are right now in tech. And, you know, one of those strategies is um, network segmentation. You know, how do I make sure when we think zero trust, how do I make sure that just the right people are getting just the right nooks and crannies of an organization? And there's some great tooling out there to help give visibility into that. Um, and we and that was always the big challenge in the early days of collaboration, and I feel like we've we've solved that to a degree. But that is, how do we segment data to ensure that just the right people can see the just the right data? And it was a knee-jerk reaction in those early days. Lock it down. Hey, uh, only give access to what uh, to information that people absolutely need to know. And that's not a collaborative environment. You know, we settled into what the default policies when you think of spinning up a new site in 365 and that is you got your you got your owners you've got your your collaborators and got your viewers and you know what the the, the equivalent of domain admins or uh, domain users shows up in viewers unless you don't want somebody to see it they're going to be able to at least be able to view the data and what a more collaborative environment and visible environment we have then just lock the few doors there are doors that need locked lock those doors so let's talk about the castle so, so I've, I've been down there a couple times. I, yeah. I can't remember the percentage, but there was still a big chunk of, and the folks that haven't been down there, no, it's a, it's a fantastic facility. But essentially, Rackspace went into like a rougher part of town and bought like a, a shut down, a former mall. We did. We moved into a distressed part of San Antonio, the northeast part of San Antonio. There's a mall there called Windsor Park Mall. Windsor, picking up on the castle theme. Yeah. Oh, and okay. uh, and yeah. as that community had been sort of faltering over the past several years, Rackspace came in and, uh, and we had grown to a ridiculous degree and needed a new place. We were being wooed to Austin, North Carolina, and uh, uh, ended up buying this mall that had been closed for several years, 1.2 million square feet of, uh, of mall. And uh, so the first thing they did was go through and, and effectively just make three big piles. Here's where all the wood goes. Here's where all the metal goes. Here's where all the everything else goes. Open the doors and said, community, what do you want? Builders, all sorts of people came and took things. And so it started with this big gutting and then very slowly building out the space that we needed to do what we needed to do and becoming this company now, 7,000 employees globally, uh, all the way around the world, employees on 120 different countries uh, around the world, it's a it's a pretty amazingly different place than when I started in 2008. Um, but with that, I just did a podcast on it. It's about to come out, and it's about the um, uh, you know if we're going to talk about this part of of our lore, but it's about what's called the Rackspace Foundation. And it was in the early days of Rackspace as we moved into that community when they were doing the architectural design for the building itself. There were a lot of rackers who were concerned about their cars. Their personal belongings, these sorts of things. And so um, they, they put into the plans, what would it take to build a wall? Uh, big fat fence all the way around the thing. And uh, that number was about a million bucks. And our, our uh, chairman- It's a massive, it's a massive yeah. parking lot. It's, it's huge. It's a mall, I mean, people. It's a mall. Uh, yeah. They decided that instead of building a wall, we'd build a bridge out into the community. So we started this thing called the Rackspace Foundation. It's gone on. It's 100% funded by Rackers through payroll deduction uh, over the past 
however many years since they did it, um, over $5 million have been donated by Rackers and go into these seven school district, or seven schools in the district that's around us. Very dense environment. Um, I'll get you a link to the podcast once it comes out, but it's a super interesting story. The woman who ran the program for decades has uh, just written a book about it. It's fascinating. It's called The, the Community That We Built. Cool with seeing some of that, like the gathering outside, of course, the food tri- trucks rolling up at lunchtime, yeah. you know, all, all that. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a great story. So, I mean, how did you guys handle the pandemic? What, what happened with the castle during the yeah. pandemic? So the castle, so, so it was a pretty non-event, a big non-event for us when we think about business impact. Uh, we had been uh, a relatively loose work from home environment uh, for, for the years leading up to that. So the tools and technology were already in place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, and then as a global company with uh, a pretty sizable workforce in the Far East, uh, we had a pretty early warning signals went off uh, late uh, November, December, what was, what was coming. We very quickly started a bunch of um, uh, tests. Okay, 10% of the workforce goes home, 25%, 50%, 75 And then, of course, March rolls around and uh, the hands go up and, okay, everybody go home. So we, we I don't want to say we mothballed the place for a year, but effectively we mothballed the place for a year. And uh, everyone's access was revoked and you just work from home, aside from going in to get what you might need. And, uh, and slowly we've been going back in. The leadership is in there in large part, um, but I would probably venture to say there's 10 to 20% of occupancy to what it had been before. It's, uh, it's a little bit sad when you remember how busy and the, yes. the hive of activity that it was, but- um, Lots of shoppers in that mall, yes. No, I mean, it was great. And for people, I mean, it was an experience too. And like, I, I think we did, I'm trying to remember, I don't know that I went down one of the slides. I think saw the slide while, I don't know if there's multiple slides, but I saw the slide when we were walking in between meetings. I was out there, like my second time was there, you know, we were a new partner. And so we were getting our our big uh, sign up. Yeah. So I don't know how I let you come to the castle and not ride the slide. Uh, for those of you who don't know, you, you can find pictures online, but it's a two-story slide, metal German construction. I mean, it's uh, it's it, it, it's a lot of fun. It's, it, I mean, it's uh, it's also a, an efficient way to get from that upper level down to that bottom level. You know, it's so. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot. There's a lot. You talk about community stuff. We always invited uh, Santa. Always came around Christmas time, and uh, he would be up at the top of the slide. You do the kids would do their thing, and then down the slide into a pile of fake snow and food and crafts and all sorts of fun. So anything, so, so, I mean, you guys were pretty prepared for it and able to do that. I mean, given, given the fact that you're a cloud provider yourself, I mean, you provide environments for customers. So yeah. like that, that makes sense and, and customers all over the place, but any other kind of takeaways or learnings from mm-hmm. that experience from a, certainly from a collaboration standpoint, things that, you know, Hey, we needed to go and make some adjustments here or that you would have done differently now looking back. Well, you know, one of the things I think I'd say, Christian, is that you know, I've, I've made the joke that we really, you know, had to um, cajole people to use collaboration technologies and tools in the past and show how, you know, even a common calendar would, would make a lot of teams' lives better. Um, but there's the, always the age-old problem, um, and this was the, the Rona, I think one of the biggest benefits of it, is the age-old problem of, hey, you know, Christian, let's work on a document together. I'll write it and send it to you, and then you send it to five friends, and everybody send it back to me, and I'll figure out how to put it back together. 
We've had these technologies to co-edit in the Microsoft platform for, for a long time. Okay. But it took an event like this for people to go, oh, it really is better if we just work in the same document uh, online. Yeah. It, it, it's a better day. Um, yeah. I, I, and I just had a little firefight with somebody about that just the other day. Um, there's still a, few, still a few battles to fight, but um, the big takeaway was I really felt like this is what truly accelerated collaboration. This is what accelerated people using tools and technology to make business life just a little bit better, even co-editing in a document, whether that's a PowerPoint doc, whether it's Word, whether it was, whether it was Excel, and the acceleration we dream, dreamt of, of, of business moving forward, really just, I felt, I felt like we were so much more as an organization, so much more efficient in, in doing that. Other things that I think helped make it go well, you know, we'd been a, um, the amount of SaaS technologies that we use just to run the business, you know, Workday and, and the like, um, meant that we did, we weren't beholden on a VPN connection back to get to, you know, a, 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 a yep. behemoth of data somewhere. Right. Well, I, um, I don't miss those days. I do not miss those days at all. Yeah. There's still occasions where I have to pull Ooh. out of, um, a VPN fob and it is not a happy day. Yeah. But, um, Hey, Authenticator app. Uh, yeah, actually that's what I use for it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I, you know, I've gotten used to it now because I've got you know MFA on everything that I use in multiple yeah. profiles. I actually just got hacked in one of my demo environments. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I got like the email and I didn't take it seriously to get another one saying, oh, we have access to your system. And then I went and looked, I did the security search and saw, oh yeah, no, they got in there. And I, so I found I had, it's demo. There's no, nothing there. There's no like, content. I have access to nothing. No, but now it's a Bitcoin you. miner. Good for you. I mean, it's and it was all within Microsoft 365. So I yeah. I went in, switched on my my MFA, and like the, they're dead in the water. That's like that's yeah. it. There's nothing there. There's no data loss. There's there's like very lucky in, in that environment. But yeah, it happened with all the profiles that I've set up for demos and things. Somehow my admin account I is the only one I did not have MFA turned on for. That's the one that they broke into, uh, which well, is password. But. Well, and you asked the question, what could people have done? I'll, I'll, I'll just make it a little bit wider as you think about, you know, um, pandemic and what we've we've had to do and what's happening on the security and cybersecurity front these days. Um, I've read several interesting articles uh, in recent weeks, and that and somebody even made the very bold statement that they said, look, if if um, if people would just stop doing the dumb stuff, nobody, literally nobody would be hacked. And the dumb stuff is we're still running a Windows 2008 server or a 2003 server or, you know, not not blocking port 80. Um, if, if folks would just you do literally take the, the out of the box features of a new server when you deploy it these days, um, no one would be getting hacked these days. Yeah. Uh, and you that, never comment, click you know, on a file in an email. Or clicking a file on an email. It's, it yeah. all goes back to social engineering. Yeah. Um, and these, these problems, they, they still exist. You know, just hover over that link and see if the URL makes sense before right. you actually. I know. I know. It's not a, it's not a bad thing. My wife has learned to do that. And that's my biggest. Yeah. I, I've, that's like one of my biggest concerns as well with my, my wife and my kids, like advising them. And, and I just, I did just did a warning again, you know, because uh, there was another batch of, you know, that were, uh, you know, fake, like Wells Fargo, which we all bank oh, yeah. through and, and, uh, and, and gotten good. They've and again, but you good. hover over it and it's like, you know, Jason add one, two, three, something X, Y, Z, like, oh, 
That's interesting. Oh, that's uh, Wells Fargo got a new domain. Look at that. Yeah, uh, and I also noticed that something that hasn't they haven't gotten right yet. I've I've yet to see one of those fake emails come through where they've used spell check. Ooh, see, like I, I, I don't well, understand that. that. Yeah, well, well, I don't understand why they don't use spell check to get just that little bit more of that that, that authenticity. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, let me ask you a question. You've been asking yeah. me questions for 45 minutes. Yeah. What gets you, you, you mentioned, I, I've, I've repeated you a few times now, you're going to end your career in the collaboration space. And I put words in your mouth that said, that's not a bad way to go out. What yeah. excites you about collaboration these days? You, well, you, were, you were with me in the trenches in the earliest of days. What, yeah. What's exciting about 2022 and forward? Well, I, I love that whole idea of uh, reducing the barrier of location, mm -hmm. and uh, and I like the I like community based uh, uh, you know collaboration. That sounds redundant, no, but it's that it's the collaboration community, community, community enabled. Um, I love like for example, I mean my my learning style uh, is my preference is. Um, like my graduate school was fantastic. It was the half circle. It was the teacher acting more as the facilitator of discussion. And it was the back and forth. I And it's what you've done so well for so many years. But, I, but I, I build, I get energy off of talking to people and ideas. I validate ideas. I get new points of view on things and then go out and share that. And then it's like a constant process of sharing that out there getting other feedback for that expanding on maybe changing the the opinion or the direction or reclarifying that or validating that opinion and and sharing more of that and so it, it has to be i'm sure with what a lot of educators feel like i am gratified i'm satisfied with my job if i can share some information that helps someone else do their job Right. That's just, that's where my passion lies. And so a lot of what I do, like my community activities is my MVPs on the wall behind me are uh, really highlighting the work of others. Like I have, there's I, I'm subject matter expertise in a number of different areas. I write thought leadership content, original content around, I do deep dives into the technology. I'm constantly learning, but where I am most passionate is interviewing people, talking about learning about what they're doing, connecting people to other experts. Oh, you're looking for somebody. You know, I know somebody who has that. You know a gal. Uh, yep. And, and, and so I can put people together around that. So I've always been a uh, very kind of spatial understanding, spatial learning, um, as well as the doer, like getting my hands dirty, being in the trenches, doing that. So I learned through collaboration and by doing uh, and so the community aspect of it and collaboration technology is what supports those activities. So that's why I'm yeah. just automatically drawn to that. Well, and again, I'll go back to, you know, there was so much to solve for in those early days, the, the infrastructure, the everything up the stack. Um, now people just get it. They know it's a better world. They're looking for uh, how do I make it better tomorrow than it was today? There's so much innovation in the space and the, the, the playing field that we get to stand on because of what exists inside of the whole 365 suite uh, and their connected partners is 
I don't think we could have dreamt it would have been this far when we started back. Yeah, then. no, I always use the phrase, the it's an old one, but is the, uh, uh, you know, rising tide floats all boats. Really we nice. are, another way of looking at it is that um, we're, not, we're all looking at what piece of the pie we can take. We've just quadrupled the size of the pie, right? you know, it's mm -hmm. exponentially growth. And so not only does the size of our, our percentage of our pie get bigger or can be bigger, you know, but yeah. just overall it just grows. So there, yeah, there's so much opportunity out there. Again, it may not, there's not as, as much need for, well, I was just going to use the, an example of like an information architecture taxonomy person, because there's a lot of need for people with that <laughs> skill set. You know, but a lot of that's just taken care of in the system from a recommendation from an AI point of view. So right. that, that helps. There it is a takes, lot. But there's so take some human eyes to implement and correct. validate. Having that. Well, there's there's a reason why Sue Hanley can charge premium, you know, prices for this the 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 experience that she provides and brings to her consulting organizations. But it's it's um yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot more that can be done around a number of different areas. We've talked about security and this this space mm -hmm. like there is so much that can be done around that um governance and change management change management itself is a category um this is one of those things where we we pay a lot of lip service to or companies do companies are really bad at it mm -hmm. and they don't change That's no the they don't <laughs> and then you have like what Microsoft is experience is focusing on Qualtrics is focusing on mm -hmm. a lot of companies around the employee experience yeah, um, that side of it. So it's not just the fact that we have all these tools now, all the capabilities to collaborate. Are we doing it in the most effect effective, efficient mm. way? Are we burning out our people? What's mm. the what's the uh, the relationship of the collaboration and the way and our culture to uh, longevity within those roles and happiness of our employees. And I think there's always going to be ways to improve on that. Um, it's, an yeah, interesting, it's, it's an interesting point you make. Um, it goes back to, you know, we, we were joking about, you know, programming and SharePoint just because, you know, you can, you should you. And so you speak um, wise words about the fact that, you know, we, we brag about the tools and the tech and the work from anywhere, but it, unfortunately that sometimes means not just work from any time, but work all the time. Right. And so having those right boundaries, you know, the Microsoft Suite's good about, hey, you, you need some quiet time in here. here. Can I yeah. recommend this, this little window? Take those recommendations. Well, it's like wearing my Apple Watch, and it does the. I used to be annoyed by like, what's that little buzzing? Look down, it says you know, breathe. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> what do you mean, breathe? Breathe. I am breathing. You know, um, and but I started to pay attention to that today. I said yes to two suggested 30 minute focus times, well, and I'm done. glad I did because my day I started at 7 a.m. and I'm done at 7:30 p.m. Uh, and so I had two windows. The first one I was able to eat lunch. I wouldn't, if I didn't block it out, somebody would have come in and grabbed that time. But there's, you know, things like that where it's, um, we get to the point where I say that we now have the luxury to go and look at something like this because we're not worried about keeping servers up and running, you know, that we're not worried about. You know, do we have all the capability? There's tons to do around that space. I'm not saying it's just right. solved, but we have the ability now, and it's important for us to go and look at how are you we utilizing this? Because with with great power 
job. <laughs> great, responsibility. great responsibility. But is it so? You make the analogy of we don't have to mess with the servers anymore. Which on the collaboration side, you're you're effectively right. But but um, does it also go back to how we're running our businesses? In other words, a lot of businesses through the pandemic move from being um, driven and measuring by butts and seats to being out the uh, outcome driven. Um, uh, yeah, words, yeah. We're going to measure your output. We're going to yeah. measure your deliverable that I assigned you as your leader, uh, as opposed to how many hours did it take you to do that thing? You get it done in half the time. Right. Well, God bless you. Uh, and and it's but that that's a two-edged um, um, sword because the first is as a leader, we need to make sure that we're measuring on outcomes, and uh, but as a as a doer, the person who's going to deliver that work, when I deliver it doesn't mean I have to go do more. I do what what is the right next piece. In other words, if I finish this thing and I decide I'm going to do it, I'm going to take the afternoon with my kids uh, and I'm going to do this at eight once they go to bed. It's going to take me four hours, but that's my choice to make. But it doesn't mean I stay up and I still do more and I do more and I do more. You know, meet the expectations, exceed the expectations, but, you know, save your uh, save your sanity. See, that's a great point. I mean, it's it's funny that you know, my entry point into the collaboration space was project, largely project and portfolio management. And a big aspect of that is people and resource management to, to know like, hey, we believe like here we have this new customer deployment. It based on our experience, it will take five days to complete this. And if we're able to improve upon that, then essentially the, the, we can take on more customers, we can have more product, we can make more revenue around that. But you have to balance that and say that it's not just, you know, human beings are not just a continual resource for that. We have to think about, are we optimally using that? Are people, do they have that that balance? Or do we have that burnout there? So I think that's, that's, that's the point. It's, it's we, we have to, you have to adjust the cultural aspects of yeah. collaboration that's and right. to know what's right. And we've all got the teams or whatever it is on your phone. For those of you not watching and listening, I'm holding my phone up. And just because teams dings at 10 o'clock at night doesn't mean I have to look at teams at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Have that discipline, your internal Facebook discipline. statuses, though, that's a different thing. You have that's, to look. Oh, you've got to respond. I know. I know. I, <laughs> it's a sick world. It's a sick it, world. And we help create it. You know, what? I just was thinking of this, too. It's my first tech job. So I was a runner for a law firm, and I went to... Back in the early 90s, my first tech company, um, the CEO, great discussion. He was a bit of a, you know, kind of kind of a hippie, swore sandals just about every day, um, was a Stanford grad, a very wise guy, not the best at business uh -huh. uh, in, in the business model, but from a, he was an excellent manager hmm. and he cared about his employees. And I remember having a conversation. I was helping in uh, in the marketing department there uh, for this little tech company in Rockland, California. So mm -hmm. uh, for those that know that area up the 80 corridor. Um, and, uh, and I remember I was, for a whole week, we had something big. We ended up selling the division that I ran and uh, to, to, uh, to a company. And I remember he said to me um, that I was working nights and I had a key it was kind of locking up he's like what are you doing <laughs> and and I, I said oh working on this thing he's like he's like two things either you need to remove some stuff from your plate or if this stuff must be done the time frame is set then we need to get you help the answer is not you not working crazy hours right like that's not healthy it's not sustainable 
Like I like I don't want to see that. And uh, and it, it for me, it wasn't about working extra. I was hourly at the time. It wasn't about extra dollars. It was like, there's just a lot to get done. And I'm the one that's that owns this stuff to do it. And so the answer was we, I was able to carve some pieces off and hand it off to other people. Um, but that was a good indication of where I think collaboration is going. Again, certainly within the Microsoft ecosystem with Viva focused on this and the experience management, Qualtrics is doing the same kind of thing. Other companies that are focusing on this, I hate the phrase of work-life balance, but right. it's a great, people understand that of the, it's not just what we do, but how we do it is also important. It really and is. Yeah. We're yeah. looking at that more, more and more companies are looking at that more closely to make sure that what they're building, what they're doing is sustainable for their people. Yeah, and right so we're in this we're in this market where the great resignation is that the phrase everyone's using. So you know it's I'm important. So great about it. Yeah, I know. I heard I've heard about it that. Uh, <laughs> I don't have time to resign. Um, it's too much to do. But uh, yeah. it's important to make sure that you know that most valuable re asset, those resources, those those people, those live human people, um, are are have the balance that they need to have the lives that they need to lead. Doesn't mean we don't have seasons of crazy and seasons of of calm, but. That's right. Well, you know, I think my the people that I work with, we'd all be much happier if we didn't have like customers asking for stuff all the time. If we could paying our bills, if we pesky, could, if we pesky. could maintain the revenue but not have any of the customers, you know, I think a lot of companies would sign up for that. <laughs> I think I would say if I could maintain the revenue in the bank account and not have to work, I'd be a happy yeah. guy too. But uh, but then I couldn't have this great conversation with you, uh, Christian. That's right. Well, Jeff, hey, really appreciate your time. It's it's great to catch up. I hope to. Uh, see you at a, an event soon maybe maybe july for inspire i may have to sign myself up for that i didn't know they're going live i would be so yeah. much fun i've yeah. been to vegas in a couple of years i know me, me too so looking forward to it to getting back into things so well jeff it's great connecting and uh, we'll talk soon look forward to it thank you christian it's an honor to be on the program you've been listening to the collab talk podcast New episodes are published every Friday, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and most other podcast services. Thanks for listening. Hungry for more great content? You have to check out the Shift Happens podcast. I'm your host, Ducks Raymond Sai, Chief Brand Officer at AppPoint. And I sit down to chat with top business leaders and IT professionals about their most challenging modern workplace projects. Tune in to hear real-life advice from industry peers on making plans and pivots, casual conversations exploring the latest trends in collaborative Microsoft 365 technology, and easy, actionable strategies to make organizational change happen. Subscribe to the Shift Happens podcast today, available on all major platforms. Can't wait to see you there. Shift Happens Podcast. <laughs>